0: the handoff throws it over the middle and it bounces high in the air it's caught by Trent Shurfield for the touchdown he looked like a center fielder in a baseball game it got deflected at the line popped straight up in the air Shurfield spotted it and pulled it down
3: Chris Brown on the call on the Buffalo Bills radio network that is the Trent Shurfield touchdown the Bills desperately needed after having a couple of turnovers down there in the end zone Almost another one, really, when you think about a ball that gets batted like that. Generally, does not wind up in the offensive player's hands. It did on that particular occasion. Trent Shurfield then has the presence of mind to toe-tap to stay in the end zone and give the Bills their touchdown. They tied it there at 7. They go down 14-7. It's there for a while. Of course, then it's Deontay Hardy time. 14-all. Bills get the game-winning touchdown from Dawson Knox and then lock it down on defense. They win 21-14. They win the AFC East for the fourth consecutive season. They're home next week against the Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday at 1 o'clock. And of course, we'll have that game and all your pregame coverage and postgame coverage here on WGR Sports Radio 550 and along the Buffalo Bills radio network. I'm Sal Capaccio. Welcome in to the Extra Point Show on a Buffalo Football Victory Monday. It's presented by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. By Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. And by Speed Global. Around the corner or around the world, Speed Delivers. And yes, as always, on a Victory Monday, I'm wearing my Victory Monday t-shirt. You can see it if you go to facebook.com slash WGR 550. That is our WGR 550. Facebook page, of course. That's where I'm streaming this show live for you here at Studio Capaccio as part of the Duntire Studios. Let's get back to the phone lines here as we go forward. Let's do it. We got people on hold. We got some time. We're going to get to you here, and you're going to say what you need to say, as always, on the Extra Point Show. Ryan, out of cell. Go ahead, Ryan. Thanks for being patient.
4: Oh, you bet, Dell. Hey, thank you for everything. I want to give uh, some energy to keep you awake out there, but. Hey, let's, let's give props to, to WGR, uh, Chris and Eric and yourself. You guys are doing a fantastic broadcast. My family, we love to listen to the, you guys on the broadcast and watch uh, the TV. It's about a two-second delay, but it, it really works perfect for us, and we really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, relevance of the Buffalo Bills for our children. Uh, like a, a bunch of people out there, man, you almost had me in tears talking about you uh, waking up your kid. I have a 15-year-old boy and, a, and an 11-year-old boy, and we love watching the Bills. It's so special that we, have the, uh, that we could share this with our children and our families, and I think that that's really nice, and I, I thank the Buffalo Bills for that and giving that to me and my family, so a lot of love for that. Uh, big, big reason for my call is I want to throw some props to Coach McDermott when he first came uh, in almost at uh, uh, almost his anniversary, January 11th, I think, of 2017, when he first came to Buffalo, man, he was perfect. We loved him. He was a good, good fit. Uh, he was he, super impressive. And then, you know, after that Kansas city game of 13 seconds, I, personally, I was a little frustrated. And so I became, I, you know, I questioned him and then, you know, leadership is hard you know and I can't imagine being in his situation but after we were six and six my gosh all I wanted for coach was to be as adaptive as he could be and grow as a coach and I want to give him a lot of love and a lot of props because I've seen over the last several games that he did he seems like he pivoted and he really has changed uh, in his leadership the last couple games and so I really appreciate that. But, Sal, one of my questions for you is uh, Bruce Tuckman, back in 1965, he was a scientist. He developed a model for team development. And it it basically is four stages of team development, Uh, forming, storming, norming, and performing. You can look those up on Google and check them out. But, you know, it talks about how a team has to go through those different stages, and they, you know, they have to go through – Forming their relationships, and then maybe you know they enter a stage of storming where they become tumultuous. A lot of teams may fail within that phase, but if they can get through that, they go into this norming phase, right, where they begin to build trust and their relationships. And then once they get through there, they can get to the final stage of performing. And I, say I want to know, like you're on the sidelines, you're 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 kind of in the depths there. What are your thoughts about the stages of where the team is and how they can perform and how they could take that energy into the playoffs?
3: Thanks, Ryan, for the kind words. Let me touch on a few things here as um, you brought up some things and some questions. First of all, listen, a few callers in a row have said here, hey, they've kind of you know, flipped a little bit on McDermott and said, Sal, you've had his back, you've talked. Look, there's no secret about it. I think Sean McDermott's an excellent football coach. I'm also here, I want to make this clear. He's not perfect. He has his flaws and he's had moments where he's, yo, screwed up, no doubt. And 13 seconds lays at his feet. There's no doubt about that. 12 men on the field, that's coaching. Doesn't have to be directly on him, but he's in charge of the operation. Kneeling with 20, 20 seconds left in Philadelphia. All those things. I'll criticize him for that. He deserves criticism for things, deserves criticism for those things. But what I try to do, it's not, oh, Sean McDermott's great. Don't say anything bad about him. That's not what I do. Not what you're saying, right? I'm just trying to give the overall picture here. I want to be clear on two things that I always have been consistent about, okay, when it comes to this head coach. Number one, it's not defending. A lot of times it's explaining, and people take that as defending. Someone calls and says, why did he do this? Why did he do that? say, well, here's why he did it. Then someone says, you're defending him. No, I'm just explaining to you to put you in his shoes why he did this. You could say it's a bad call. It's a bad, I'm just, my job is to bring you insight to what's going on through the thought process, through talking with people, through understanding, and you can disagree with it. I can disagree with it. You can agree. I can agree, whatever. That's number one. Okay. That's why it bothers me when people say you always defend the guy or home or whatever. That's not it. I try to explain what his thought process is to help you better understand and give you more of an educated thought about it for yourself, a critical thought. And you have every right to disagree. Number two, this is the bigger part. We live in the moment so much. Just through playing sports and coaching sports in my own life, you have to see the bigger picture. It's hard to win in the NFL or at the highest level of sports. And although you go through times of deserved criticism, you go through times of, you know, where you're really mad and said he made this call wrong, made that call wrong, the team wasn't prepared to play, whatever it is. You can't get caught up in the moment all the time and think that's the, defi- that's the definition of the coach or the person, if it's a player even. There is a big picture involved. It's an 18-week season. It's a 17-game season. And yes, the playoffs matter. And folks, I'll be the first to tell you here and agree with you. This team still needs to get to a Super Bowl. They haven't done it under this coach. And they have, they should have by now, and they haven't. And he still needs to do that. And the organization still needs to do that. And if it doesn't happen this year, we'll see how that manifests itself. It could be a number of reasons. But there's a big picture involved, like I said. So when people say to me, you've had his back, which is true, because I, I think he's a good coach, or you're a homer, you defend him too much, I think it goes too far. And I just try to, A, explain what's going on and why he made certain decisions or why things are happening. Which sometimes people they confuse as defense. I guess I don't know. Maybe I should phrase it differently. But more than anything, to me, it's just a big picture. We all wake up on a Monday after a loss, so mad. You want to blame this, blame that, but my—that's not my job. Like, yes, it is my job in a way to blame. The way I see my job, though, is to kind of be the rational one when you're so emotional about it. Yeah, I—I I mean, I grew up here. I want to see this team succeed, of course. Do I have a relationship with Sean McDermott? Yes. I had a relationship with Rex Ryan and with Doug Marone. They're all different. But my bottom line here is, is this the right person to lead the organization? And I think it is. And if they don't get to a Super Bowl at some point and they move on, I understand that. That's the bottom line business. It's a production business. But I hope that through the last six weeks, I hope that through the last six weeks and everything that's happened... You have seen more of that, of what I'm trying to bring to you. I hope in the last six weeks you've seen, look, there is a bigger picture here of how you coach and how you navigate through tough times, and he's done a great job of it, and I think the team has. But they got to win next week, and they got to win the week after and get to a Super Bowl, Or we're going to have a lot of the same conversations you brought to my lap and my radio show here over the last several months. That's the way it's going to be, and I understand that completely. Ryan, thank you very much for the words. Thank you very much for opening that door, for allowing me to try and talk about that a little bit. Let's go to Frank in Williamsville. Hi, Frank. You're on WGR.
5: Hey, Sal. The same people that criticized uh, McDermott for a plethora of decisions are the ones. That, they they got to remember the three guys that were on the board there: Baker, Mayfield, Darno, and uh, Rosen. Who the who, bills who, who stepped aside from them and went, went with our guy Josh. Let me tell you a quick story. I'm driving across the They also had Lamar
3: Jackson on the board, just to want to bring that up, too.
5: Yeah, I'm driving across the country with my daughter. We're going to uh, L.A. because she wants to live out there. And we're driving there. It was, it was draft week. I got, I got the satellite the radio. And I'm listening to this thing with my daughter. And I, I told her, thank God they picked it out. Because I loved, we, we would talk to these hotels for, for the night. and Out there, he said, hey, Josh, it's a huge deal. And we, we were uh, watching the, all these highlights from the University of Wyoming. And I said, Cause I had never even seen a play before. And I told my daughter, I said, they got to get this guy because he'll be a generational quarterback. And I was so happy when they picked him, and he is. Um, and so, Josh, a couple other things real quick. You are a part of this whole deal, man. You're one of the like, one of the 1,000 points of light that makes Buffalo what it is, if you know what I mean. Buffalo's a different place, and you're, you're part of the reason why it's different, and you're part of the reason why it's awesome, and so are the Bills, and so is Josh. Um, lastly, um, so last night the Bills are playing, and, and my daughter's in L.A., and she's on her, on her phone, and we're on, we're on our phone, all on speaker, Watching the Bills and listening to them together, and it was just it was just awesome. Um, you know, I usually call a lot, sell and um, I haven't called as, much, called as much this year. I got uh, Parkinson's, and a lot of times, like my voice just goes. On me. I mean, I can't, get, I don't want to get on the radio and sound like a fool, but dude, I love you, man. You're part of Buffalo, like I said before, and uh, just hang on with Jack. Jack, he makes make plays, you, you shake your head, you go, what the hell are you doing, Jack? And then two plays later, he saves the game with a bomb. No other <laughs> player in, in the NFL could do. I love listening to. Uh, uh, the guy from Cincinnati, that wrote, not, who's who did, the guy? The colleague from last night,
3: Collinsworth. Uh, listen, uh, uh, Eric Wood. Eric
5: Wood. They, they, they make a like, "Look at the throw he just made. No one can make that throw." But anyway, that, that's it for me. Go Bills.
3: Hey Frank, Frank. Thank you for thank you for opening up that door. You didn't have to share that. I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind words. And uh, always here for you, brother. Thank you so much. Much love to you. Okay. All right, you got it. Thanks, Frank. Really appreciate that. Let's go to Neil in North Carolina. Hi, Neil.
6: Hey, Sal. Happy New Year. Thanks Take my call. Appreciate it. Uh, you got great, it. I you. Did great interview you did with McDermott right after the game. That was awesome. I just heard that this morning when you played it. Thank you. That was great. Thank you. Um, McDermott, uh, kudos. Unbelievable with this MASH unit, what he's done. Um, you could see the main difference being he's making the changes that are needed, which did not happen the last several years. It was the same defense. Once in a while, something was different. He's making the changes. Josh, I want to talk about a beast, two interceptions and a fumble, and still does what he did. It, it's unbelievable to watch. I love him. Um, I'd love to see us go to the Super Bowl for sure. i got a quick question. How did yep. they not? make the call on the head-to-head right before uh, halftime. How do you not do that as an official, knowing what it can cause? And look now, he's he's in uh, concussion protocol. How do you yeah. not make that?
3: I know, Neil. I know. And, you know, if you follow Pro Football Doc on Twitter, uh, he's really good at, at kind of analyzing injuries. And he said, and I get it. It's not – I know it sounds bad to say it this way, he said he thinks the officials were so caught up at the end of the game in the spot that they didn't even think of throwing the flag on that. And that's not an excuse, wow. but it probably would happen as humans. But you're right. It should have been thrown. There's no doubt about it. Oh,
4: crazy. But
6: thanks again. It's great listening to you. And I do all the time. And I love that thanks, you take Neil. my call. And I miss Buffalo for the sports <laughs> for sure. Not the weather, right, but Neil. the
3: sports you <laughs> won't miss next week either. Although, although in North Carolina, I don't think it's that great right now with the Nor'easters that are happening. But uh, here in Buffalo in Orchard Park next Sunday, it's going to be cold and windy and some snow for the first round of the playoffs. Let's go to Steve in Lockport. What's up, Steve?
7: Wow. I'm a first-time first time caller, long-time listener. Uh, great, great show. I'm uh, traveling down the 90 right now to East Syracuse for my work, and I know you're a Syracuse guy, so I what a better place to be on the 90 listening to your show uh, and just past the Canandaigua accent, which I'm sure you know well, but uh, I just want to yep. say a couple quick things, no questions. Uh, Sal, this could be the best show you've ever had. I mean, this is just <laughs> a great show. And, uh, also, I want to say that putting on uh, McDermott in the beginning of the show, like, that was amazing. Just a great, great way to start the show. Thank you. And uh, you are the best. I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I, I can't stand the days when you're off. I know you need a day off, but <laughs> you're, you're the best, Sal. And uh, also, last night's game, I was, along with many other Buffalo fans, when the Bills were 6-6, I was looking for McDermott. And very unhappy with him. And uh, I must say, last night's game, I'm going to give it all to him. I mean, he he played his heart out. The guys are playing for him. And he's just doing a great job. And if there's no other game, I'm going to say last night's game was for McDermott. And, uh, again, you put on a great show also. My son was texting me this morning about the game, congratulating and all that, having a good time texting with him. And I said, listen, let's just dream today. I'm taking the Bills and the Niners in the Super Bowl, and right. uh, that's where I'm. That's what I'm feeling today, Sal.
3: That's what the I'm Chris feeling. Berman dream from back in the day. That's the Chris Berman dream from back in the day, Steve. when he used to pick them all the time, if you remember, right? Oh, absolutely. Know, right? I'm the same age
7: as you, so I remember that very, very you got well. It. All right, brother. Well, Steve, thanks for the awesome. kind
3: words, brother. Be safe driving out there in uh, Central New York. All right, let's. Uh, speaking of that, let's go to Elliot in Seneca Falls. What's up, Elliot?
4: Hey, Sal, I just wanted to say how good it felt to see Trent Shurfield finally produce.
3: Yeah, it was. You know, he um, he had an opportunity, too, because Gabe Davis was hurt, unfortunately. But if you take a look at the snap counts, um, Trent Shurfield was on the field. Let me just get it. For 55 snaps, that's 71% of the 78 total snaps. 51 of 78 total snaps. He really took a lot of the load that Gabe Davis normally would have had, uh, after Gabe got hurt. So Trent Sherfield did a nice job. And here's the other thing, Elliot, I want to bring up. We have at our website, WGR550.com, the audio that I, I do from the locker room after the game. And I had a really interesting conversation with Trent Sherfield, who admitted it's been a tough season for him because he hasn't played as much as he's wanted. But he talked about how, you know, he just stayed focused and grinds and gets to work every day. And that's what happens when you do that. And you get an opportunity and your number's called and you get out there. And I and I thought that was really great that you know he opened up about that and how much that meant to him to be able to get that opportunity and perform. Great to see you, off. Go, Bill. All right, buddy. Thanks, Elliot. Yeah, appreciate you, buddy. Let's go to Dan in Leroy. I always get it wrong. Is it Leroy or Leroy? I think it's Leroy, right, Dan?
7: Yeah, it's up to an individual's choice.
3: Either way. <laughs> I got it, buddy. Uh, hey, you got it.
7: Hey, uh, I'm looking at... It uh, Sean McDermott for coach of the year and Brandon Bean as GM of the year. These guys have dealt with some serious adversity on, on our defense. And Sean brought them through. Not only that, he's got guys in the second and third tier. You just talked about Sherfield Shur- and his comments about, you know, being frustrated. He's kept those guys heads in the games all this time and had them ready to be the next man up. And they've all come through virtually all. Of them. So that's my yeah, vote. Yeah. Yeah. Please please tell Chris Brown to remember he's my eyes and ears because <laughs> he keeps forgetting to tell me the down and distance.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, maybe he's listening. will will know that, but thank you, Dan. Thank you very much. Appreciate the phone call. Appreciate the, uh, The call here on the Extra Point Show. We now have some open phone lines. I don't have a lot of space left for calls today because we're going to get some stuff, but we do have some. We will take some more. So if you want to give a call right now, you should be able to get in in the next little while. 803-0550 is the number. Uh, I would not vote for Sean McDermott for Coach of the Year. I think he's done a heck of a job turning this thing around, but you have some really great candidates for Coach of the Year. I think I might vote for D'Amico Ryans. What he's done in Houston with a rookie quarterback, a rookie weapon, basically, right? Most A lot of those guys, they rookies, they, I have to go look at Nico Collins, Noah Brown, those guys, you never heard of them, right? Um, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, I don't think they're necessarily rookies, those guys, but either way, an experience. What he's done to win the AFC South, amazing. Then again, maybe it's Kevin Stefanski. Stefanski, incredible. The job he's done with the Cleveland Browns, they have had four quarterbacks all start multiple games, first time in NFL history, and yet here they are, in the playoffs, the only reason they didn't win their division is because the Baltimore Ravens were so good. And oh, by the way, there's John Harbaugh. Just, you know, oh yeah, here's Lamar Jackson as an MVP possibly again this year. So there's a lot of really good candidates. I would not vote for Sean McDermott for coach of the year, but I think he's done a heck of a job turning this thing around, and they needed to. A lot of, hey, a lot of justified criticism for things that happened for the, through the first 12 games. They were 6-6. Six and six. Since then, the way they've rallied together, and it hasn't been perfect. Here's the difference, though. First 12 games, there were a few close games that things just didn't go their way. Last six games, there's been things in the last seven games. it has been a lot of things that happen that go their way, especially the last five. Sometimes it's just the luck of a bounce. Sometimes it's just one play here, off there, on there, whatever it is. That can happen. It's sports. That's why I say, like, just because your team loses, you know, you don't have to fire everybody. That's why I always, remember I used to start this show by saying that all the time? Like Just because a team loses doesn't mean everybody's got to get fired or traded. Just because they win doesn't mean they're going to the Super Bowl that week. Again, I'm the person here. I try to be, forgive the reference, I think we're all mostly adults listening. I I get it. But just as a cliche, I have to try to be the adult in the room and everybody's got so much emotions that are going all over the place. And that's why, you know, you call up here and say, ah, you defend this guy, Homer, whatever. No, it's I try to make sure we stay in a good space win or lose, to try and explain what's going on and go through the long haul. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. The Bills proved that this year. They go to the playoffs, winning the AFC East after a 6-6 six and six start. Let's go to Joe in Philly. Hi, Joe. Hey, Sal. How's it going? Good. Thank you. Uh, today I'm
0: calling because- Today I'm calling because I had a few questions, Um, but first I want to talk about Taylor Rapp. I've been singing the guy's praises all season long. He shows up big in big-time games. Uh, He gets burned a couple times here and there, but so does every other safety in the league. And the guy plays hard, he hits hard, and he takes the chances, and he he got the the chance to undercut that route yesterday. Um, The other player I would like to sing praises for is Shakir. I've been calling for him since last year in Pittsburgh. Um, The guy is our most sure-handed receiver right now, even more so than Kincaid. Um, he's making the tough catches, and he's getting those yards after catch, which are so important. But my main reason for calling today is I wanted to talk about Kyer Elam. Um, I know that we've seen struggles for him in the past, and um, as, as a draft, uh, first-round draft pick, he's kind of smelling like a bit of a bust. But I think the Bills should take this opportunity while they've got some form on defense— to look at Kyer and maybe try to repurpose him, try to save some of their um, save some of his talent and maybe repurpose him as a safety, or even more interestingly, I thought, would be like the Patriots, I believe it was last year or the year before, how they used Marcus Jones as a backup wide receiver. I think Elam's got the height. I think he's got the uh, physicality, and I think he's got the hands that he could double up as a nice backup uh, as a wide receiver. I know I heard about Andy Isabella earlier with a speed, which is a good idea, but I think Kyrie Elam could be used on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I'll hang up and hear your thoughts.
3: Yeah, so, uh, Joe, with all due respect, I don't think any of that should happen. Um, not right now. Maybe safety, maybe, but even that. Uh, Kyrie Elam's not a safety. Uh, he, he has is he corner. He has he has the, the length to be a corner. Um, you know, the Bills moved – Aaron Williams years ago from corner to safety because Aaron he wasn't as fluid. He was really good at going, you know, on angles and, and straight ahead, but flipping his hips, running wasn't his thing. This isn't the case here. Kyrie Elam's a great athlete. Um and he's never, to my knowledge, never played wide receiver in since maybe probably high school. I mean, that's not happening. You're not repurposing him and changing his entire position. People call and talk about guys changing positions at the NFL level. I mean, my God, that's a that's a huge that, you, that's just something you just can't do and don't do. And you're, you'd be setting him back another three years of his career by doing that. Um, and now right now it's a numbers game. And now if, if Rasul Douglas is lost last week, I wouldn't doubt if Kyrie Elim is active as a backup. If he is, we'll see. Let's remember too. just throw it out there. Josh Norman has elevations now that reset. So sorry, Joe, again, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Not down with any of those ideas about Kyrie, but I agree with you. I'd like to see him, you know, I'd like to see it work out. I just don't know how that's going to work out going forward here. All right, when we come back, we'll get to our extra point from the sidelines, but also we're going to replay that Sean McDermott on-the-field interview after the game yesterday, last night. A lot of you have talked about it, you've asked about it, and you've been asking on, on, online about it, so we'll replay that for you. The emotion that you hear from the Bills head coach's voice in the raw moment right after the game, the raw emotion in the immediate moments after the game, we'll get to all of that we come back here. So stick around on the extra point show on WGR.